When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dude, I don't know. Okay, I'm okay. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. It wasn't like I was figuring out that I'm gay, and then I started to hate my body. I started to hate my body while I realized that I was gay. Look at the porn stars and everything that you see. Don't online. look at the porn stars. Well, this is a family podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Who's Your Daddy podcast, where it's our job to educate and explore all the different paths to parenthood, adoption, foster to adopt, surrogacy, and all of those things. We are your hosts and husbands, Michael and Matt. And today we are going to be talking about something a little bit different, something that is not an alternative path to parenthood. But we're going to talk about body image and body dysmorphia how that relates to us and really I think what it comes down to is like what are we going to teach our children about this and how are we going to address those things within ourselves and within our families yeah so do you want to do you have the definition you said I do have the definition okay let's let's like let's lay out what it is first and then we'll go from there perfect because I don't know that like technical definition I know like what it is but that I think Sometimes we have in our head like a certain thing and then we read a definition and we're like, oh, that's like a little bit different than what I thought. That is understandable. Yes. Um, Body dysmorphia disorder. Looked it up on Google. (laughs) It's also called BDD. Um, A mental illness involving obsessive focus on a perceived flaw in appearance. The flaw may be minor or imagined, but the person may spend hours a day trying to fix it. The person may try many cosmetic procedures or exercise to excess um treatment can help but this condition can't be cured um it requires a medical diagnosis lab tests or imaging not required it's chronic so we can go into things like appearance causes diagnosis the types of body dysmorphia all that but really this is more of a conversation of kind of like why we experience it and i i don't know i have this question of why is it so prevalent in the lgbtq plus community um and this has been a topic if you do follow us on instagram you've seen me talk about this quite openly within my own life uh and it's been a topic that's been more and more prevalent in my mind Mm -hmm. as of recent and so i think what it comes down to is i've always struggled with body dysmorphia but i haven't been able to put words to it or really like I haven't been able to address it head on mm-hmm. until recently to where I'm starting to like realize, Oh, this, these are the symptoms and the things I'm actually experiencing. Um, and this is a problem. So when do you think you first, like that became a thought or yeah, like a thought process in your head of like, this is really wrong or this feels really bad or like, I don't know. Do you remember? Man, I don't know. I have to take a step back because I'm like, I'm feeling nervous talking about this, honestly, yeah. right now. I want to, I think I need to, I would like to preface that, like, um, these are, I don't want to cheapen anybody's, um, you know, official, like, diagnosis. And I think that there are 
different levels, obviously, of of any dis you know any disorder. So um, I think there can be different levels levels of body dysmorphia, right? Like right. I think some people might have a more um, I don't want to say like severe, but like you know, I think again, well, there's just different with a lot levels. of conditions. I mean, yeah, you, you take anxiety, you take depression, you take all kinds different levels. of mental yeah. illnesses and disorders and conditions, and it is a whole spectrum that people may experience. Right. And I think what I've found with myself is I'm not, I'm not like completely destroyed by this disorder all the time, but it is yeah. something prevalent in my life that I've dealt with for, I don't know, years and years and years and years and years since before I came out, since <laughs> the moment I thought I was gay. When did you think that it, that like the term body dysmorphia like aligned with what you were feeling? I think I've ignored the term body dysmorphia for a very long time because I'm not considered to be overweight or people look at me and they, they don't consider that's not me a, to look I don't, that. I don't think that's like a, right. I yeah. Know. That's not like a parameter is, at all. Right. I, yeah. No, it's yeah. not. I, that's the thing is like, I, yeah, but for the longest time, I think I paired the two together and in order, I, I thought, you know, in order to have body dysmorphia, I had to be obese or severely overweight. And that's just not true. And I looked at like, you know, of course you, you learn about bulimia, anorexia, um, right. eating disorders in school but this is like yeah and it's this is completely like different they can but they can coincide they can coincide they can correlate because an eating is like you could have a flaw but it has nothing to do with your weight correct like there could be it could be on your face like you right obsess yeah. over some flaw that's on your face and you get like that definition said like surgery right like cosmetics totally. to like fix yes. it um so it not always correlated but i'm sure that they can be right at least in my case it's more so to do with um body tone fat um or excess fat in different areas of my body mm -hmm. and um like this constant comparison that i hold or an, an impossible standard that i hold myself to when i look at like what popular culture in the gay world considers the ideal male physique mm -hmm. and seeing that my body doesn't match up to that and I think that could go for um, like most of the male world, right? I don't even know if it, I think it's prevalent in the gay world. There's a lot of, I think of, it's way more prevalent in the I, gay world than in the straight world. Yeah. For but, men specifically. Yeah. I think if men you look at can, like yeah, the cover of like men's health though, right. like yeah. that's not, that's not a gay magazine. That's not like focused towards like the LGBTQ community. Totally. It's always like a ripped, like just jacked man on the front of it. So yeah, I think that this is, is more prevalent probably amongst the gay community or we talk about it more maybe i don't know does that feel true we, we t I, I think we talk about it um not seriously i think we talk about it in a sexual way i think body we, dysmorphia no 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 just bodies in general i've heard a lot of um talk about unrealistic body standards yes which again i think psych psych sort of things are so like kind of nebulous, right? In in some ways where it's like unrealistic body standards doesn't always mean body dysmorphia, right? Right. But like I said, it's a spectrum. No, that's what I'm saying. I, that's I what I'm saying. It can blend together. So yeah, I don't know. I became aware of myself being different or, or feeling different from other people mm -hmm. 
Um, I would say all the way back uh, fifth grade. Fifth grade elementary school is when I started to experience feelings of inadequacy amongst my peers. And this is like so bizarre and weird because like I hadn't even hit puberty yet. But mm. I was noticing differences like I'm a little bit shorter than some of the males in my class or most of the males in my class. I felt like I had a little bit of a this is crazy. My mind is playing right now as I'm trying to talk about it. My mind is having so many defenses come up and like try to like warn me like this isn't um, that's not right. That's not normal. Like mm. these I I'm actively trying to talk about this and it's like my mind doesn't want to. trying to shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry if, if I'm a little bit everywhere, but I'm trying to like talk through it. Like, yeah, as a fifth grader, I viewed my tummy and I was like, Oh, I'm, it's a little bit chubby. Um, it's not flat. Like some of the other kids in my class. Yeah. A fifth grader. Well, and I don't think, um, I know some people go through like chubby stages or, or, or you know, like right, yeah. they have an increase. BMI or body mass or like you know they look different visibly you can tell that they go through like a little heavier stage and then they slim down I don't think you had like I think you were just sort of like pretty consistently a relatively not skinny kid but like I was a skinny kid very I don't skinny, think I don't think you you never went through like a like a no I was never overweight. a change right right like, no 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 yeah my body was consistently i had very thin arms very th thin legs um very little muscle tone. very cute skinny legs thank you michael very little muscle tone in comparison to um other kids in my class sure i didn't play football i didn't play basketball i, I wasn't very sporty mm -hmm. and so i was never considered one of the guys one of the guys guys that was playing sports mm. um and in fifth grade I, even though this is like a very young age that's when like people in my class started to date and have boyfriends and girlfriends and yes it was cute and little but then like I don't know, even in sixth grade, people were like making out with each other and like weird things like that. And I don't know if that's normal. It's not because girls have cooties and that is disgusting. I don't know if that's normal in middle schools everywhere, but people were being like sexually active in sixth grade, seventh grade. You know, what? I don't, I don't actually know what that was like in my middle school. I was like, clearly not. My girlfriends in middle school, we like said that we were dating and then we like wave at each other as we pass in the hallway right. yeah, and never kiss. I mean, <laughs> and that was kind of my experience too. But again, like I'm, there I'm, may have been some other factors at play there, but again, I'm looking at my experience. Yeah. And I'm seeing that it's vastly different from my peers. And what I'm noticing is that my body is different, mm -hmm. that my relationships with girls is different that I'm not doing the same things that they're doing. And I'm not yeah. interested in the same things that they are. You have no urge. Like, you know, you're like, right. like, why are they wanting to date and kiss girls? Like, that's And at the weird. same time, I'm feeling compelled to like spend time with the other boys in my class. Like I wanted to hang around them longer. I wanted a best friend. I never wanted, I didn't really feel the need to have a girlfriend, but I so wanted a best friend more than anything. Hmm. I would like cry myself at sleep to sleep at night because I didn't have What was your friend, friend group like? My friend group, like, well, like I'm saying, I mean, like, they were sexually active at a young age. They were... No, but were there, like, was it, like, a big group of people? Was it, like, were they, like, sporty or were you, like, never in a group? Were you, like, kind of with band kids or choir no, kids? No, 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 or no. I was definitely, jocks. like, 
I mean, if you consider the sporty slash um, leadership popular popular group kids. in your class, that's kind of the kids that I would hang around because I considered myself to be a part of that group. However, I didn't really feel like I fit in or belonged in there because I wasn't like, I wasn't the guy that all the guys were going after to hang out with because I, I wasn't considered to be like the the big jock on the team or whatever like I don't know I, I didn't have that masculine draw that bros like to hang out with bros you know yeah. kind of thing you know so I was I was viewed differently by the men in my trying class. to just in you know suck up by each other's masculinity yeah, exactly <laughs> so I was viewed differently by the boys in my class and I didn't feel like I felt I didn't feel like I fit into that and then I was also viewed differently by the, the, the girls in my class because they didn't look at me as dating material so much. I was more of a friend. And mm-hmm. obviously, like, all of this makes sense is because I'm freaking gay. <laughs> but, like, at the time, all I'm doing is noticing, like, how different I am from all of them and how I didn't really belong in... I didn't know where I belonged in either situation and continually looking at myself in the mirror and thinking... I don't fit into them to the to this group. Um, I'm chubbier. I'm not good at sports. Like I can't run as fast. All these different things, and so I think that just built up as I continued to build resentment towards my sexuality. I guess what I'm trying to say is like this whole thing with body dysmorphia. The two coincided together. Like it wasn't like I was figuring out that I'm gay and then I started to hate my body. Right. I started to hate my body while I realized that I was gay Mm. and the two kind of played off of each other. So I just, I don't know. That's a big point that I want to make early on is because that's something that I don't think I realized for most of my life until recently that my body dysmorphia comes from the repression that I went through as I figured out that I was gay. And it was because I didn't accept myself. I didn't accept my sexuality And I had to hide the most important parts of myself from everybody around me. And that included what my body looked like. So I developed a fear of taking off my shirt around other people because I didn't want them to see what was underneath my shirt. Just like I didn't want them to see my sexuality or anything that was like really actually me. All I wanted them to Mm -hmm. see was what I could fully control. If I had my shirt on, I was in control. nothing scared me more than having to like you know play shirts and skins in football Mm -hmm. or basketball or something at gym class like okay the sides shirts the sides side skins i hated that yeah hmm i feel like i i mean i remember in middle school feeling like different i think in the sense of attractions um or like not really knowing like kind of maybe being attracted to girls, but then like, oh, that boy's like, mm, maybe if we kissed, that would be fun. <laughs> but um, I don't necessarily remember. Yeah. I don't necessarily remember having like huge body. Like I didn't have that. I don't, I don't, I didn't have that experience. I just consider you to be very lucky that you didn't feel that way. I don't think I'm, I mean, I don't think anyone like ever sort of like feels they're at their peak, you know, or like feel the best about their body. Maybe some people do and that's awesome. 
Um, but even people who I know who are very fit, like wildly just jacked, ripped, always like kind of want more sometimes. Um, and I don't know. I mean, sure. Like, I think there's part of me that's like, oh, it'd be nice if like my chest was bigger and if like maybe my legs fit into jeans a little easier. And like, I'm the weird one who like kind of wants like smaller legs. <laughs> and some people are like, why would you ever want that? Right, I know. It's just, I'm like, you just want what you don't have. You just want what you don't have. I wouldn't say it was at the level of like, I don't feel like I'm in my body or like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not obsessing, you know, over it or trying to obsessively fix something. Um, <laughs> my biggest insecurity in middle school was my eyebrows <laughs> because wow. people called them caterpillars. What? Yeah, they were so mean. Uh, yeah. I remember in middle school, one of my best friends signed my yearbook and um, I had a crush on this friend at the time. And she, I mean, she's amazing. Love her. We're in middle school, so I can't put any blame towards her in the sense. But she put um, in my yearbook and signing it, she was like, you are cool, but do sports, LOL. Like, but do but sports. Do sports. Yeah. Yes. And I know that doesn't sound like much, but to me, it was a gut punch because mm. I knew, I mean, I just, I wasn't one of the other guys in the class that was doing sports and I just wasn't athletic or a sporty figure. Yeah. And it was just kind of confirmation again. And of, you weren't like a band nerd. No, I wasn't. See, I was a band kid. Right. And I think that's where like maybe the difference was. I was like, like I kind of had my the band thing going, yeah. and, and so, maybe so you felt there was more like accepted a, in your group, and or there was like a sense. group that I was maybe a part of at least. You know, if you were like really awesome at band, and you knew people, <laughs> you who weren't were, necessarily like expected to do sports. <laughs> you had people in your class that were out growing up. I didn't have anybody that was out. In I did. My class. My, yeah, yeah. So Two of my really good friends. I mean, maybe that's a, a big difference too, because you had other people who were out, so it kind of. I don't know if it took the sting off of it a little bit. If you're like noticing that in yourself and you're like, okay, there's, there's other people who are modeling this that I'm friends with and, and it's okay. They're living an okay life. Um, as opposed to me where it just felt like a big, a big mystery and a, mm. like there's no one else. I had no one else to look to, to be like, oh, that person's gay and they're out and they're living a normal life. I just knew right. like that is, this, that is like the worst of the worst. If I ever come out, then I'm going to, just that's like the one of the most mind-blowing things between us like me growing up in a sick a town of like seven thousand people and me growing up in a town of fifty thousand people and like i knew two or three out people that you were friends with like close middle with. school high school who were like yeah my best friends they're in my friend group it was like my best friend group yeah and, I and didn't, I didn't you knew zero people in your entire high school that were out until like senior year towards the end but i'm talking about like middle school no i know through wow so obviously this is a big issue that a lot of people experience and it's not talked about enough <laughs> i asked on instagram about this topic and like if we could possibly bend into this topic for an episode explore it a little bit instead of just talking about all of the baby things and 93 percent of you said heck yes please talk about this yeah um that's kind of incredible that's a, i've never had i've never run a poll on instagram where i got 93 percent of people say like agreeing like on one, one option yeah yeah <laughs> but uh i think one of the things that surprised me most was i 
when I first posted, I posted uh, a couple times, maybe two or three years ago about this just here and there. And the response has always been pretty overwhelming. A lot of people will comment back and send messages in and say things like, oh my God, I, I feel exactly like you do. Nobody talks about this. I didn't understand why I felt this way about my body until you started talking about it. And that's kind of how I've been feeling is this discovery of like, oh shit, I have a problem. Yes, I have anxiety. I have depression. But this is something that is a driving factor behind both of those things. Mm -hmm. So I think to me, it's like trying to figure out the issue behind these symptoms or issues that I do experience on a day-to-day basis. So when I first posted this year about my body dysmorphia, um, I put up a post and I was sharing comments from people um, online who have said things about my body, which, you know, ranges from like, um, you look skinny fat or Matt got fat, haha, you know, just little things like that. Mm-hmm. And I I understand the concept of like, oh, just ignore the comments. Don't pay them any attention. Um, it's not good for you to to dwell on those things. But I think it's so important to point out that for some reason, our culture, even other gay people, find it so important to, to, comment. to comment on these things and to point it out. And it just reiterates like why I feel so strongly about body dysmorphia and I feel so strongly about this because like it's an unspoken epidemic and I think for millions of people having to stand up to this unattainable standard Mm -hmm. is causing so much anxiety and depression amongst our community it's it's ridiculous I think it also leads to a lot of unhealthy habits um oh you know people well I mean it could lead into disordered disordered eating for sure um diets that don't work um which i've definitely had my fair share in mm -hmm. trying different things i know i was like doing the fasting thing for a long time in nursing school where i just wouldn't eat until i felt like i was going to pass out and then i would start eating but then i would like binge eat at night right and oh, it was awful just like the worst time to do it for (laughs) yeah for anybody but i think the yeah the focus a lot of times is attaining a a body that might that you might not be like genetically predisposed to instead of like being healthy and you know eating a balanced diet with like fruits and vegetables instead of just like juicing your way into weight loss because just drinking juice will make you lose weight or yeah i get that done the paleo diet i've done yeah i think in in college there was a few months where i wasn't eating any carbs that i could i mean that like no grains at least i wasn't eating grains i was eating blueberries and strawberries and salads you like kind of liked it or no i did yeah i liked it because i was trimming um weight off around my middle and Hmm. starving for most of the day which made me also feel a little bit more energetic because i was always hungry that made you feel more energetic it made me more like aware mm. of you know because he i didn't feel full i didn't feel like i had to take a nap or something you know something like that it was yeah, more like true. i was probably dehydrated and exhausted most of the time but oh like 
kind of that energy high where I'm just running on caffeine and no food. I've never committed to anything like that for more than maybe a week or like a couple days. I was paleo for like a year. Whoa. Yeah. Nothing to say, honestly, though, like nothing to necessarily downplay about paleo because I think there's some sort of like ancestral thought behind it right like right but if you're not eating enough eat and you're oh yeah you yourself, need to eat enough then it's correct right yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. yeah college was a whole nother it was just a continuation of this doubt i had in myself in my body but all of it was in the back of my mind i wasn't allowing these thoughts and feelings to come to the forefront of my mind and actually address them it was i wouldn't look at it um i just thought i'm looking at it like very plain plainly i look in the mirror and I say, okay, I got some extra fat around the middle. That's not okay. And that's something I can cut out. I need to work out more. I need to eat less. Um, it's not healthy. And that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only is this extremely judgmental on myself, but I'm also judging other people. Like, plainly put. Because they have something that you attain to or they are quote unquote like less fit than you or both i think both yeah Yeah. it's i'm hyper i've been hyper aware of other people's bodies Mm. and um constantly comparing their bodies to mine Mm. and either using that as fuel to make myself feel better about myself or using it as a way to put myself down and to like want to do you have any strategies to like try and not do that I don't know. I'm learning. Um, man. Is there like self-talk? Like, what can you tell yourself in that situation? <laughs> Years of therapy. <laughs> You're one. But they're thinking errors. Like, I'm hyper-focusing on one thing. That's not okay. Comparison. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on comparisons and putting myself down. Um, exaggerating. Um, these are all things that... Do you know that in the moment? No, usually it's afterwards, and mm. then you're kind of like analyzing why do I feel so down. Then um, you have to go back. And you have to go back and think retroactively about it. and think. Yeah, sometimes if I'm lucky, I retrace can, your steps. Yes, and it, and sometimes I can catch myself in the moment. Th- this is <laughs> especially important for times at the gym. God, this happens so much, and it happens still. I'll go to the gym, and I'll. F- I don't like going to the gym. I have a hard time of it. I'm, I'm just so many negative associations with me going to the gym, but I do it because, um, well, for one, I started paying a trainer mm-hmm. um, two years ago. That's like my biggest expense in life. <laughs> no comment. Um, besides <laughs> surrogacy, I, I'd say it's the biggest expense for my expendable income. Right, right, like right. The, that is, I, I don't eat out a lot. I buy groceries with coupons like i try to save as much money as i possibly can we've actually done so much better at that in the last like uh what since beginning of this year probably yeah but then i take all like as much income as i can to put towards the personal training because i recognized a few years ago like i'm not going to the gym on my own because i hate it and i'm scared to go and um I need to be financially <laughs> like I need to bribe myself financially in order to like make it to the gym. Um, money's a motivator. Money's a motivator yeah, on I think, it. 
I mean, I think that's fair. If Obviously, I'm already paying for it, I want to make sure I go and show up. I'm very good if I'm like given direction or if somebody mm-hmm. tells me you have to go do this. So having a trainer that's like, you have to go do this or come and show up because you're paying me anyway. Mm-hmm. That's a big motivator and helper for me. And just being able to put on my calendar. What else helps when you're at the gym? Like if you're not there with a trainer because you go by yourself sometimes. Well, just like that, turn your music up and like don't look around or like. I mean, yes, I, I wanted to talk about have a that. plan. I wanted to talk about that, though, oh, because okay. when I do go to the gym, even if I'm with my trainer, there's all kinds of people there. And a lot of the people that you see at the gym are those who go more frequently than the general population. In your um, like lens. Well, no, I mean, okay. You're more likely to see yes. people at the gym who, are who go there frequently. Go the yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's fair. That's fair. So when I'm, when I'm at the gym, I'm looking around. I see a lot of people who can lift a lot more weight than me and who are a lot bigger than me and who have a lot of muscles. Some of them are attractive. I notice that. Some of them are just muscular and that I'm not personally attracted to, but I'm like, oh my God, you're like so buff and you're like you're lifting so much weight yeah bro but like also i start to feel self-conscious about myself and what i'm doing because i'm struggling i'm sweating i'm trying to lift the weight i don't know if my form's exactly right i'm asking my trainer like is my form okay am i doing okay which like you've worked out with me before it's a big thing that i do i'm constantly asking like am i doing this right yeah yeah we tried to work out together for a little bit it doesn't work very well he just ends up not liking me (laughs) and then i get annoyed and yeah i'm like just do what i do and he's like i don't like doing that i don't like doing that so we decided (laughs) solo workouts i remember one particular day it was a leg day and i was um on the on one of the leg machines Mm -hmm. doing a quad workout or something um and it was so difficult for me to get the weights up and I was trying and I was trying and I wasn't completing my full set. And I've done that weight before. But today, for whatever reason, I just couldn't. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing, you know, somebody on the bench press um, put on a plate on each side. It's like 45 pounds on each side plus the bar, which is way more than I can lift on the bench press. And just start like pumping it out. And just going like fast with the bench press and I'm thinking to myself what is so wrong with me that I can't do that like why am I so inept and unable to lift weights like these other men in here why why do you think well because I my mind goes to I'm weak I'm different um I'm not good enough Hmm. and I'm never going to fit into this community or or group of people yeah I think that's and it brings me right back to like middle school. Do you ever just like think about just like physiology, like basic physiology, like, oh, they have different muscle fibers and different Of course, but like what does that matter if I'm looking at somebody and thinking That's what I think. Well, I, I understand that, but that's not like necessarily when you can, comforting. Like when, no. Well oh. I guess to me it is. That's not comforting to me. It's not it's not a good enough excuse to be like, oh, yeah, my body's built differently. But that's the reason. Like, I can't run eight miles, right? Like, we'll go out and go running. And I usually don't run with Matthew because he's very fast and 
can just go and run forever. And I'm like toast. My body takes so much longer to train long distances. But I'm like, well, that's just a, like my body's just different. I have a physiology like background or at least my schooling, right? I go through physiology. I learned about muscle fibers. It's just I not, this, hel- it's not helpful that. though. That's not helpful. That's not the issue. Well, it's helpful for me. I'm I know. Saying. I, I I'm understand just saying it's that, helpful for but, me. And that's so it great. could be helpful for somebody else. Possibly. So I'm just, Maybe. I was just curious yeah. if, if. But I think the people who really struggle with body dysmorphia, most of us, I don't think that's helpful. Okay. Maybe. I, it's not because it's like, I, you have blinders on. Yeah. No, I think no, I'm and, I'm not trying to discredit. I'm just I saying I mean, I have a background in physiology too, but right, my my brain doesn't really recognize that. So I hear what you're saying and I like it totally logically makes sense, but nothing about body dysmorphia is logical. I'm looking at the mm. mirror and I'm seeing a completely functional body right, and right, I'm right. noticing these very tiny things where there's nothing actually wrong with it and and pinpointing like a problem mm-hmm. and saying that's a problem. Mhm. I'm not good enough. So how do you... I failed myself. How do you reframe it? Dude, then? I don't know. Okay, I'm trying okay. to figure I'm it curious. out. I'm just curious. <laughs> That's why we're talking about it. It was like, yeah, I just... Uh, how do I reframe it? I, For one, I feel so much better for sharing about this online. Like, I think that's what started to push the needle forward and get me to, like, actually address what's going on. Because I think how I'd address it before is just push it down, push it down, push it down, push the feelings down, ignore it. I'm not going to pay attention to it because yeah, I think what you're saying, the the logic of it is your body's different. You should just accept that and, and understand and be okay with it or see the value that you have in there. And, and I appreciate that, but that's kind of like my previous defense mechanism of, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My body's different. Okay, cool. Push it down, push it down, push it down. Not addressing the feelings, not addressing the feelings. Keep going, keep going. I'm going to keep working out. And then I'm going to go home and try to forget about it. And I do that over and over and over again. But then when a situation comes out, when someone asks me, do you want to go to this club? Um, It's underwear night. (laughs) Like, let's put on mesh (laughs) and mesh shirts and whatever. Um, Let's take our shirts off and go swimming. Um, We're going to go dancing together. Uh, let's go work out. My heart rate goes up. I start freaking out. I get nervous. I make excuses so I don't have to go. And I get angry. I get upset. I My mood changes. And it's because of this, like, I, I just go into an absolute panic thinking about putting myself in situations where people are going to be able to see my body and see that it's different from others and that it's not this perfect representation of the gay male physique. And I go on Instagram, I go on Facebook, I go, I mean, I work on social media, I see this stuff all the time. Go to your explore page and scroll and see all the bodies on there. Do you see Mm -hmm. any bodies that look like yours? No. Mm -hmm. No. Look at the porn stars and everything that you see online. Don't look at the porn stars. Well, this is a family podcast. I like go to your explore page. You're going to see porn stars. Sure. They're not going to be doing porn, but they're going to be doing something close to it. Not everybody has the same explore page as us, but if you're gay, if you're Gaysis male, probably. <laughs> right. Yes. And at least from, from what I'm seeing from my DMs and everything like that, this is a very like huge problem for people like me that we're right. dealing with. I think this issue transcends all people groups in different ways. And I'm speaking about this particularly from my viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do. Yes. I'm, I'm trying to like. Do you think 
most of this is the story you tell yourself or the story that you hear from others? Or is it 50-50? So you telling yourself that it you feel different, you look different, or like from earlier, like the comments of people saying... This is 100% myself. Using 100% is just... Or like 99.9%. What about the, the outside world is not playing a factor? Okay, that's different. I'm thinking the words. When I see comments and things like that, when people say yeah, yeah, specific yeah. things to me, yeah, that doesn't really phase me. Really? I don't think so, at least. Um, because... When Is it, it that thing where like, you've told yourself this already like you can't tell me anything about myself because i've already said it about myself or something or no i've seen the responses to my posts and people say i can't believe anyone would say that to you like don't listen to any of those words or that's unimaginable that somebody would ever think that they like they're crazy to think that and my response to that is it's nothing compared to the things that i've said to myself or to the things that I think about myself. Yeah, or to, to you, you're like, oh, of course they would say that. Or like, to you, you're like, oh, well, I've been thinking that or saying that to myself. And so like... Those hateful comments are going easy on it from like comparatively with what I think and say about myself. Mm. So oh, like, that's sad. not... It just... I look at it and I'm like, okay, it doesn't, mm. it doesn't do anything to me. It's when people compliment me and say nice things about my body that I get shocked and confused. I still am like boggled to this day of like, and this is so weird because you're my husband, but like, what do you even see in me that's attractive that I don't understand? Um, and it's the same thing when other people uh, say that I look cute or attractive or, you know, they compliment me on something of my body and I just don't really believe them. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to like believe them more and more or figure out how to accept compliments see some kind of truth in it and i want to get there where i can like truly feel proud of my body and feel those compliments full on mm-hmm. and not just continually lie and say yeah thank you i i yeah i see what you see i i don't know it's i was most i'm like mostly inspired to do to to open up and talk about this a little bit more because of the messages that i've received on instagram um, about this in particular. And I, th- the most surprising thing to me is when I first started talking about it is how many people responded and, and were saying how much they felt the same. And I didn't think that there was anyone out there within the gay community who felt exactly like I do. It's so interesting. Cause I was, I would assume that, that there most are of us do. a lot of people who would share that. Well, people don't talk about it and they don't share it to they don't share that it's an actual struggle, a day-to-day struggle, something that they deal with constantly. And I'm saying mm-hmm. this is something that I deal with every single day. Sorry for cussing. And I have to figure out how to live with it. So it really affects me like on a day-to-day basis. Like I still don't like looking in the mirror. I don't like looking in the mirror in the bathroom. We have a mirror in the bathroom and I don't like looking in it. I'll break it. No, don't break the mirror. Oh, okay. Okay. I I, it's good for me to practice looking at it because no. I should be able to see myself and try to find value in that and make you know i have to force a smile and try to give myself an affirmation and keep going Uh, so one of these messages that i got i got it from somebody that i know and this person i would say has like the ideal gay body like 
really you know the stereotype just six pack huge muscles beautiful so good looking you would look at this person and think like they have got to have it all Mm. and this one really hit home because when i got this message it came out of nowhere and i just didn't expect it at all Hmm. and it kind of changed my thinking on how people experience body dysmorphia Mm -hmm. Um, because I just thought that once you get to a certain point with your musculature, you're over it. it. Mm. Once you get a six pack, you feel better about your body. I always thought, you know, like once I get there, once I get to the body that I want, I won't have to deal Mm -hmm. with this anymore. Um, So they said, Friend, I didn't want to ride it home with you because when I've brought it up before, it's never viewed as legitimate feelings because of how I represent myself online. But yes, I've had the darkest, lowest moments relating to my body and weight gain. Losing weight now, again, for like the fifth time in my life. I've had to go through this cycle. I'm honestly so tired, but in a way, it's a goal. And reaching that goal every time does feel very rewarding. Ironically, even when my body was the best it's ever been, I still found taking photos of my body hard because of my eye for imperfections. So it's more about a change of perception than a change in how your body looks. Yeah. But it's it doesn't matter how amazing you make your body look by working out a ton, going on these crazy diets, taking steroids, supplements, whatever. If your mind is still fixed in that way of finding imperfections in figuring out how you can overcompensate to mask your gayness or your queerness because that's what it is. I mean, like I was so self-conscious about my, about my body growing up because I was gay and I wanted to hide that. And I wanted to figure out how could I blend in with the rest of the people in my group so that they didn't suspect me being gay. And this was a defense mechanism that I developed at a young age. And that defense mechanism was never broken i continued it all the way through high school into adulthood and even now i have this hyper perfectionism when it comes to my body and how i'm perceived by other people and so because of that i look in the mirror and i see imperfections and i see things that maybe are different from other bodies that i see especially if you add social media into it and the way that bodies are put up on social media you see the same body, the same physique over and over and over again. So like, so it's like a dual like acceptance thing. Like, will I be accepted if I'm gay? Probably not. So like, that's bad. And then like, my body's not perfect. And that was, that's like part of being accepted. Like if I looked the way I, that other people looked, it'd be, people would accept me and I would be part of the group and I would be. Yes. And I would, right? I, and I would accept and love myself too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a dual just, thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's overcompensation for being self-conscious about your sexuality. It's overcompensation because of being self-conscious about your body. Mm-hmm. And those things are interrelated and tied together and they coincide. And so it's like, yeah, I came out as gay 10 years ago, but I'm still living this life where I am continually trying to overcompensate and be a perfectionist and be better than everyone else so that everyone will freaking love me and that I'll freaking love myself. Mm, And that's mm -hmm. like where it's at. But if you ever fall short of whatever this perfectionistic unattainable standard is, which you will ultimately do, Mm -hmm. then the consequences are 
you hate yourself you're pissed off that you didn't make it you're not good enough like why why weren't you stronger or better or fitter (laughs) like i feel like i'm playing this game where you know i'm still in middle school trying to just fit in Mm -hmm. but for what Hmm. but how do we i don't know i love the quote from rupaul (laughs) how are you gonna love someone if you can't love yourself exactly that's Mm -hmm. it if you can't love yourself how in the hell you gonna love somebody else yeah yeah that's what it is sorry (laughs) yeah 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 so i i love that because yeah it's true and i think like in our relationship there's been so many instances where issues have come up and it's related back to depression anxiety stemming from body dysmorphia you know all of this so to me i'm like i love you and i want to love you better and learn how to be a better husband and i want to be a good dad and i think all of that starts with figuring out my mental health and how i can address body dysmorphia and figure out ways to deal with it and work through it and Mm. better cope Mm -hmm. with it and learn to love myself better so I can love everyone else in my life better. I like that. Yeah. The whole question to end this podcast with is how are we going to teach our kids to love themselves and to love their bodies? And that's what I want to kind of leave with. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think a lot of people's um, self-talk, you know, when stuff like this comes up is you know, like, look what my body can do and like, look what it is doing and look how abled I am, right? Not to say like, pity the people who are, you know, not as able as me or, or, you know, who are wheelchair bound or like can't see or are deaf or whatever, you know, like things like that. But just appreciating like, there's a lot that I have and there's a lot that I can do. And there are a lot of barriers that I don't have to go through or I don't have to deal with practicing gratitude practicing gratitude yeah it's kind of like an antidote like when we go on a run not everybody there's a lot of people who like don't have that luxury because Mm -hmm. of xyz and it's like wow that's so cool that my body allows me to go on a run because i'm healthy enough to do that making um gratitude a practice and intentionally expressing that that's been helpful for me yeah i think that's Maybe just something to like instill in children in a more like upfront way instead of like a reactive way where you wait until they might be experiencing depression or might be experiencing um, lack of confidence in their bodies. You know, kind of start them off by saying like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing that you did that. Like, yeah, like way to go. I think you do really... You, you do a good job of that with kids, too, of encouraging them and providing positive yeah. feedback. And just, yeah. I think also just talking about, I think, making kids aware of things that can happen and, you know, things that can happen to your body if you get sick or in an accident and you never know if one of those things are going to happen. Um, and just really appreciating, like, what we can do, like, that we can use our hands. And I think I, this also comes from my mom as a speech therapist and she treated um, patients that had like traumatic brain injuries and lost their ability to speak or were paralyzed or, you know, they they were paralyzed from here down and that included their vocal cords or, or X, Y, Z. I think that 
I think that there was always an awareness about that. I think I was always taught an awareness of like how able our bodies are because I think she, you know, had a lot of people that she was helping that weren't as able-bodied. Yeah. So I think that's maybe where my, where I've sort of tried to practice that gratitude because I was sort of like told or taught like not everybody's body can do what your body does because of xyz for me i think one of the important points is just to practice radical acceptance with our kids um in the sense of like no matter who they are Mm -hmm. and it's obvious to us because of the way that we've grown up but at the same time like i think it's just worth noting like when you radically accept your child Mm -hmm. and express that kind of love towards them Mm -hmm. that you'll be there for them that you'll support them that you'll love them um no matter what they want to do in life, mm-hmm. um, who they want to be, yeah. their gender, sexuality, whatever, it does not matter. And being able to start from there, yeah, I think is just going to be huge. And I hugely think, important. and I think like exposing them to people or stories or whatever of people who are differently abled, people who are different, people who are, Obviously, they're going to have gay dads. So there they go. They're going to start off with that, right? Being Um, intentional about it and being helpful. Yeah. Um, And just having a a general awareness that, like, not everyone is the same, right? That's, like, kind of the whole crux of this. It's, like, why am I not like him? Because not everybody's the same. Right. It's just... And I think if... I don't don't know if that's an antidote. Like, you can't... I mean, I don't think you can... I don't think you can, like predict right you can't control you can't predict you can't have everything but i think if you're if you were trying to encourage someone to be more accepting of themselves of their bodies introducing them to people who are different introducing them to thoughts that are different having them see people who are happy um, about all the things that they're able to do with their bodies and keeping their bodies healthy and why that's important i also think there are a lot more books now that are like body focused like i I remember when we were in berkeley Mm -hmm. and there was like a book that was just like all bodies are good bodies and i don't think i ever had that book as a kid so i think a lot of things have changed since the 90s some people are 80s and 90s i think some people are just creating content around things that that they were like man i wish i had something like this when i was growing up and i'm assuming the author of that book wish they had something like that growing up yeah so we have a lot more resources now and I really hope that does make a difference for the next generation. Yeah. Cause I don't want anyone to be feeling like I feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> and trying to like now, um, yeah, now fix, uh, a very broken thought pattern mm-hmm. that was ingrained in me. Um, I need to take ownership of it. Like that is a big thing. Like I have control over this and there's, there's ways of addressing it and dealing with it. And th- that starts now. And that starts with, like saying yes i have a problem this is a very harmful way of thinking Mm. and so yeah like take ownership of it that's why i feel empowered now and sharing about it on instagram um on here because (laughs) so many people have come up and said oh my god i feel the same way and i just don't think i ever realized i was so ashamed about what I how I felt about myself and it was it just felt like this big secret that I was continually pushing down and I didn't even want to look at kind of like coming out Mm -hmm. you know kind of like being gay you push it down you don't want to look at it and then when it finally came out and I 
I was just looking in the mirror and I couldn't, I could not imagine standing there and hating what I was seeing anymore by myself. I thought like, this is it. I need to make a decision. Either I'm going to continue living in this hatred. That wasn't even an option. I was like, I cannot just live in this hatred anymore. Like I was so angry at what I was looking at. I thought I am done. I'm turning on the lights. I'm like, I can't be in the dark anymore. You know, it's it's that moment when you are like, you know what? F it. I'm putting it out there. And if the whole world decides that they hate me and they don't want anything to do with me anymore and I go into oblivion, fine. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to be better than standing here and... It's like a second coming out. Living in this hatred anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt. So after that moment, now I feel like I actually am able to see what is going on and try to fix it. The community of people who also feel the same way that I'm feeling. I don't know. It's it's support. It's knowing that you're not alone in it. It's uh, that other people are experiencing the same thing and um, that it goes far, far beyond just yourself. So mm-hmm. that's helpful. That's nice to know. What's, and, a f- what's like the first thing that if you would suggest if somebody's like feeling this way, like what's the first thing to like do? My assumption would be like find someone to talk to. Yeah, that's not always easy um, because you don't know if the person's going to be able to relate or be supportive. Um, I'm thinking like a special, like a a healthcare provider. That's a big step, of course. But is that like one of the most helpful things? It's just just like get it off your chest. Yeah, I think if you can find someone that you know personally and that you can confide with quickly, you know, that's going to be more instantaneous than finding a therapist. Of course, you need to do that too. But I'm saying like in the moment, Mm -hmm. you know. You're upset. You're looking at yourself. You're like, this is, I feel awful right now. I really need to talk to someone. Then of course, like try to find somebody who you think is going to be receptive to it. Um, somebody who, who's close to you. And then also call your provider and try to get hooked up with a therapist. Mm. Or do go- you, Google Maps works too for do therapy. You, <laughs> do you feel a difference like when you've come home, like after going to the gym and being with the trainer? Like is that yeah therapeutic as well it is yeah and i'm feeling like i still have a really hard time in the gym looking at all the different body types and the comparison and that anxiety that rises up in me when i'm there however like i'm looking at it more as a practice and opportunity to go through that for myself like it's kind of therapy in and of itself um because it's presenting me with opportunities to fix thought patterns that could be flawed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have these thinking errors that come up when I'm at the gym, when I see um, a fit and attractive body. Um, my brain will instantly compare, start to feel down on myself, and then I have the opportunity to flip that around and try to correct that thinking by examining, like, my body is different. This is okay. I'm working on my body and I have the power to do what I need to do with my body. Like Mm -hmm. I'm in charge. Mm -hmm. And um, another thing that's helpful, I think when I'm at the gym and I'm looking around um, is to think like you're there, you made it. That's step one. uh, Not just step one. That's like 90% there, you know, 
like that's amazing because I think when you look around at the gym, you're seeing a lot of people, of course, who are there a lot. And there's for every person you see at the gym, there's 10 other people who are sitting at home and who don't go to the gym. And so if that helps you, that could be a very helpful point to keep in mind, a little nugget of info because it'll just like you made it. You made it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. Like celebrate, you know, Mm -hmm. but I also know just from a health perspective, like, you're lowering your chances of diabetes, of coronary heart disease, of like all these things, right? You're so just a lot like of benefits to look you're, at, yeah. you're doing something that's good for yourself, uh, regardless of whether or not you end up with like these particular results, right? It's yeah. just like, I'm going to make my body healthier in the long term. I'm going to have, I'm going to be in the hospital less. Like, I don't know. I try and think of those things too. Even if I have like a bad workout, <laughs> Cause I've had those where I'm like, I just do not think that was great. You know, I'm like, well, my heart rate was up. I did something. Hopefully that's going to help me in the long term, feel better, be more active as a dad, as we go on through life. And hopefully that's enough. Yeah. Well, I'm going to end it with this. I feel more seen. I feel more supported. I feel more understood. And I am thankful for this community online mm-hmm. um, that just understands and is able to like relate with what's going on. And I feel like there's a lot to be gained from that for mm-hmm. everyone because there's a lot of stories out there around body dysmorphia, um, a lot of unspoken stories, and people are starting to whisper about it a little bit more. And I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I didn't have you. <laughs> I didn't know how to respond. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. That was a little bit different than kind of the normal content mm-hmm. um, that we put out here. But a lot of people seemed like they wanted to hear about it. So I don't know. There's going to be a few episodes like this, hopefully. where you just kind of sprinkle in just some other topics to kind of break it up and it's all important stuff because really it does relate back to (laughs) how are we going to talk about these things with our kids totally so yeah yeah well until next time daddy daddy out (laughs) is this the who's your dad bod podcast now oh my god save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.